Hello from Diplomatic Language Services, and welcome to our podcast, Language Matters. We make language accessible to everyday people by discussing features which may not exist in other languages. I'm your host, Molly Sampson. Today we have Dudley Hagen. Dudley is a fluent Russian speaker, but native American, well, born in the U.S., um, but lived many years in Moscow and now works for us as our language training supervisor for the um, uh, Eastern European languages. Здравствуйте. I assume that means hello in That's right. Russian. Yep. Okay, thanks, Dudley. And we also have Katya here with us, and she was born in Belarus, I believe, and she is taught uh, Russian for a long time, so is an expert Russian teacher, and she now works for us uh, in our administrative staff. Добрый день. Another way to say It's hello. another way to say hello, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks, guys. Um, I think first and foremost, people don't always understand how the script works. So can I have one of you guys just talk a little bit about where the script comes from and how it works uh, applied to the language? Okay, well, it's called Cyrillic letters because the story is that it was invented by St. Cyril, the apostle to the Slavs. Uh, but it really looks a lot like the Greek alphabet. Mm. If you know letters from the Greek alphabet, you'll see them also in the Russian alphabet. Plus, they added a few more for some sounds that they have and the Greeks never heard of. I see. And how, do you, how close are the ones we use in English to the Cyrillic? Letters are any of them the same, or yeah. at least recognizable? Some of the same, yeah. Uh, o, uh, that's true. Some of those, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> mostly, mostly vowels, and some letters look similar, but may not be the same. For instance, the letter that we recognize as P in the Latin script is actually R in Russian. That becomes very confusing sometimes for the beginners to. You know, to be misled like that. So, yeah, there are both. There are some Greek letters also. There are some Latin letters. And then there are some that are typical only of the that Cyrillic sound that they produce. So it's really a nice mix. I see. So for a beginner, how long typically does it take to learn or master the script, I guess? Well, it depends on the beginner, I would say. I spend a lot of time in the classroom teaching beginners uh, the uh, Cyrillic alphabet. It takes probably anywhere between six to ten hours total time. But the difficulty, too, is, mind you, that the uh, Cyrillic script that is used by the Russians is uh, exists kind of like in, in two ways. Uh, the bold, uh, the, I'm sorry, the printed letters and also the cursive so it depends. If you really want to learn both, it'll take you longer because all Russians write cursive. If I just want to cursive. read a newspaper, I just have to learn the printed one? Yes, correct. Okay. You can get away with that. Okay. Yeah, but your teacher's going to write on the board using cursive because Russians are not used to printing. They never print. From first grade on, they never print. I see, I see. Unlike Americans who have deviated into the laziness of, of just printing. Right. Uh, so, Katya, you started talking a little bit about pronunciation. Um, so tell me about what are the hardest sounds for uh, non-native Russians to produce, I guess coming from an English-speaking background. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, 
I think the sounds that are most difficult for an English speaker to master are the palatalized or the soft sounds. And uh, the consonants in Russian exist in kind of like in pairs, the hard and the soft, the hard and the soft. That is the hard aspect for them. For instance, I can say that there's a P sound and a P sound in in Russian. To a Russian speaker, it's uh, very, very different. But to English speakers, it is not. We, we perceive them as the same sound, So can you basically. say two words, one mm-hmm. with P and one with P? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I'm going to use a different one, though. I'm going to use B and B. Same idea. Быть uh, means to be. Beat means to beat up. So don't make a mistake when uh, you, you know, you're choosing your correct sound. So beat and beat. 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 Correct. It's just like a, it sounds like a W almost in there, like a beat. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You, there's actually uh, one where you can have, um, you have four possibilities. Mm. You can have hard, hard, mat. That means checkmate. You have hard, soft, mat. That means mother. You can have soft, hard, nyat. That means something is crumpled, like a suit is crumpled. And you have mat, which means to crumple. Can you say them all in a row? Mat, mat, nyat, nyat. I can't tell. The last two sound similar to me. I can't. I can't. Those yeah. are the two that are really hard to <laughs> But you get it. After I get it. I get you, it. Well, you get it. Oh, I understand it. I, another another problem it. is how those are represented in the writing. Mm. A lot of times people don't understand what's going on. You know, why is it written this way? Why is it written that way? Well, they're always showing you. Is it hard or is it soft with the writing? How do you show with the writing? Is Either, it a different letter? It's not a different letter. You choose a different vowel to follow it. To follow the consonant. Right. Or if the consonant is like on the end of a word, like in mat, then there's a sign, which doesn't mean it's not a consonant or a vowel. It's just a sign. A little, a little sign? A little sign, like yeah. A, yeah like a mark? It's a silent yeah. letter, really. Yeah, like well, an it's accent soft sign. Kind of no, it's a, it's a, it sounds like an independent letter. Is it the same size as all the other letters? Yeah, yeah, oh. pretty much. Yeah. You just tack it on. You just tack it on, but then you take it off. when you when, Oh, but now I can put a vowel off on here because the word is in a different form. And so now it goes away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. There, there's another really good one uh, in the alphabet. It's called Yeri. Uh, the Russian will pronounce it as Ui. It's very hard to pronounce it in isolation because that letter never stands alone. Uh, but it's a very common element in, uh, say, pronouns. Mui, vui, pi. Uh, it's a lot easier to pronounce it in combination with another letter, usually a consonant, such as Mui means Mui. Three, good. Three. Oh, no, yay, yeah. very good. But <laughs> yeah. it is it does take a special effort. Yes. So. My first effort's good enough, then I yeah. will leave it at that. That was great, yes. Um, so we'll talk uh, the grammar. I think Russians are really particular about grammar, and uh, it's important. Um, so I, I know in Russian you have a thing called cases that we don't have in English. Is that correct? Well, or do there's we have something some, like a yeah. Case there's something English? like cases in English, but only for pronouns. So you've got he, his, him. Okay. You know, depending on what that word is doing in the sentence. Yeah. So you've you got have I, a, me, mine. You yeah. Know. So you have the pronoun, the subject pronoun, the object pronoun in a possessive pronoun. Right. Right. So if you own something, if you put it as an object, or you put it as a subject. Right. 
and Russian has the same thing, only it applies to all of the nouns, all of the pronouns, and even the numbers. Based on the place in the sentence? No. The is it the subject? Is it the object? Mm. Is it the indirect object? Is it showing possession? Um, yeah, all kinds of things like that. Yeah. Well, basically, every Russian sentence is ruled and governed by cases when it comes down to uh, the nouns and also the words that describe them. We call them modifiers in grammar. Which so, are what we call adjectives, so the same as adjectives. Or adjectives, adverb? adjectives, pronouns. Adjectives. Uh, Only adjectives. Yeah, yeah. Adjectives, mm -hmm. pronouns, and numerals. They can also modify a noun, at least in the from the Russian's point of view. I see. Uh, yeah, if I say 20th century, I'm modifying the word century so that the word 20th will also have to go in a particular case to agree with uh, a noun. Century. So, but does it apply if I say one person? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so every I have time. to change. Every time. Okay. And yes. actually, the, the one has got two genders. So one man and one woman. It's, it's different. Adin i adna. Yes. Wait, those are two different words? Or? Yeah, one is adin mushina, one man. Adna jenshina. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Adna jenshina, mm -hmm. one woman. Okay. Yes, it is the same word, but it's two different grammatical forms of it. Okay, but the spelling is different. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, so. It's a totally different word. Mm. Looks like a different word. Okay, not totally different. <laughs> but it's, it's, not a, different. it's a different form of the same word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's nouns, pronouns, adjectives, and numerals. Correct. And they mm -hmm. all have to Agree. change for every single sentence. Mm -hmm. Correct. When we say change, that means where uh, they are going to take a different ending depending on the noun. It okay. also can be confusing, very confusing for um, Russian learners because there are, there's a group of nouns, for instance, in Russian that end in a particular way, they end in a feminine ending, such as papa or dada, father or mm -hmm. uncle, and you would think that you need to combine them with the feminine form of the modifier, such as adjectives, but you do not, because you know that these are the people and they are males, and so you will actually kind of go against your best grammatical instinct there, and you will use the masculine modifier form with a pronoun, uh, with a noun that is, by definition, a feminine, feminine noun. noun. It looks like feminine. Well, it looks like that anyway. Yes. Yes. So, so are all your nouns either masculine or feminine? Or neuter. Or neuter. Okay, so you have the three, uh -huh. masculine, feminine, neuter. Correct. There's also a common gender that can be applied to either masculine or feminine, like plaxa. Person who likes to cry. Can or cry be, baby. Cry baby. Thank you. It could be he or she. There's a group of words like that. But the adjective, that's not neuter. The adjective, the adjective will be masculine or feminine, depending on are you talking about, about a, male. a man yeah. or a woman. Correct. Yeah, so it's, you know. You have to have a context. So yeah. all that fun stuff uh, makes the grammar learning quite challenging. That's why it's uh, a category three difficulty. Yeah. And I wouldn't yes. say that the Russians are fussy about grammar. It isn't like they will criticize foreigners and get down on your case. It's just like there's a lot of grammar to learn, and therefore uh, students are feeling overwhelmed at times. But, you know, you make mistakes, and Russians will certainly forgive you. Okay. Yes. Um, well, because I think every... Otherwise, you wouldn't survive, right? <laughs> because there's so many places no. to make mistakes. No, definitely. And also, the the thing is, too, when you start learning a language such as Russian uh, with its complex grammar, we oftentimes discover that it's just, it's taught differently. Grammar is taught differently in English-speaking schools. So sometimes just the simple grammar categories such as, you know, case and noun and, you know, direct object, the 
They are difficult for an English learner to to even know. Sometimes they may have not even been taught that. So well, and I think a, it's most Americans don't know grammar yeah. terms. So you, do, you don't need yeah, to grammar terms. Language. Yeah, it's no, like, so, I just do it automatically. I don't need to know why. It's right, just right. There. That's right. That's right. Um, so in talking about gender and number, we touched on it a little bit, but also mm-hmm. your past tense verbs have to conjugate by gender and number. That's a kind of a cool thing. Is, is that, that they, actually happens? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The past tense is... I don't know if it's... The past tense form is masculine, okay, or feminine or neuter. And it's masculine if it's a man speaking, if I'm speaking to a man, or if I'm speaking about something that's masculine. Oh, wait, you lost me. Okay, so if your subject is masculine. Yeah. So if I say, Dudley did this. Right. My past tense has to conjugate to you as the subject? To masculine. Mm-hmm. What if I said, Dudley did this to Katya? Well, Katya's in a different case. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but the verb <laughs> conjugates with, with the doer. Yeah, yes. Then. yes. The verb agrees. verb is going to play a part of a predicate in the sentence, and predicate agrees with the subject. So, yes, the action agrees with the doer of that action in number. So, Dudley's the one that did it. So, Dudley's the one that right. Doesn't dictates matter. whether it's masculine or feminine. Correct. Right. Doesn't matter to whom. But if you're speaking it to Dudley that. also, you have to say, and you did this. Well, then did is masculine. So, if mm-hmm. I'm saying, you did this, I'm using masculine, even right. though I'm a woman. Speaking. And if I say, you did this, I use, use feminine. The feminine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then she did, he did, those are, those mean, you know, but those can be uh, feminine things, not people, right? right Remember, right, things right, can right, be right. masculine, feminine, and neuter. The good thing is that they're all the same in the plural. Oh, so we should just talk about multiple people <laughs> all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and to avoid any trouble, and then we won't have to worry about it. <laughs> okay, but it does, it's masculine, and but it's the same in plural, so it doesn't have to, if it's by number. There's one, there's one form for the plural, whether it's masculine, feminine, okay. neuter, we forget about gender in the book. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and the last thing, the one I'm most interested in, because I don't understand it at all, are verbs of motion. What, what does that mean? Verbs of motion are the deep, dark forest of Russian grammar. <laughs> you can go in there and get lost forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is true. Well, is joking, let's just yes, go like, to the edge bit, yeah. of the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, maybe the, the main thing is that there's not a word that means like to go... There's one that means to walk. There's one that means to go in a vehicle. There's one that means to fly and one that means to swim or to sail or to float. Those are all the same. Okay. And then um, when you're bringing, like there's one to bring when you're coming on foot. There's one to bring when you're coming in a vehicle. There's one to bring when you're like taking somebody by the hand. Are they versions of each other, or are they just totally different verbs? They're pretty much totally different Different verbs. Different verbs. That's what makes it hard. They're a a fairly large group of verbs, and the Russians do look at it uh, from the point of view of the manner of of the movement. Uh, Is it it, happening habitually, or is it happening at this particular moment? Are you doing it on foot? Are you going by some kind of vehicle? So if you're doing it at this particular moment, or if you're doing it habitually, it's a different verb? It's not a different tense? It's a different verb. For those verbs, actually, um, Katya said it's a huge group. It's really 14 verbs that are in oh. this. And some of them are not all that common to drag, to climb. You know, those are not in your everyday uh, words. But um, then they, they add prefixes, and then you get a whole lot more. But the, the, the root, the, the group is really 14 verbs. Oh, okay. So there's these, let me try and see if I've got this. Yeah. There's 14 verbs that have some kind of meaning 
of doing something that's moving. And then depending on how that action is carried out, you add prefix or suffix or some kinds of prefixes things. Prefixes, and, and then you can, for another thing, there'll be suffixes. The interesting thing is that that's not just all the verbs that mean motion. Right, like it's to, just these to particular... Jump is, to jump is just a regular verb. It but you do any, jump, yeah. jump, no matter how you jump, it's always the same. Yeah. Okay, but if I say drag, then what are the categories by which I would decide how to change that verb? Like, <laughs> is, that a too, is that too far in the way? No, words? no, no. It's, <laughs> do you want to try? Um, yeah, I would say, do you do it habitually? Do you drag your backpack to, to school habitually? Do you do it on foot? Uh, or, or are you just doing it or right do it now? By car? Or like no, no, drag is just one thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can't really drag it by <laughs> any kind of vehicle. You are being a vehicle in this particular yeah. so situation. If so if I drag somebody by car, like if I the same. It's the same as if you have like a trailer on your truck and okay. you're, you're, you might yeah. be dragging it, but it's it's the same as if you were dragging your backpack. Yeah, but if you are carrying something, you could be carrying it in your hands or on your back with one verb. But if you're sitting on a metro car, then you're carrying it with another verb. By vehicle. Because it's now being carried by you and by a vehicle. Okay. Yes. Okay. And that just yes. means bring. And then there's another one, which is kind of like when you bring a person or maybe an animal, to, it's like you lead the person here. Uh, I brought my sister to the party. Well, you didn't carry her. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. the same core verb? Nope, it's, no, that's it's another verb. Totally it's like to lead. Verb. It's a different verb, verb, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that uh, still should not really be too, too scary. I think once you grasp the concept and you memorize the basic forms, it should be okay. I think it makes the group a lot larger because when you add prefixes, uh, the verbs change and the, the manner of you doing the action changes with it. Uh, uh, sometimes it's somewhat similar to uh, um, the English prepositions, like to look for, to look after, to look at. Uh, it's a similar idea. When you add the prefix, you, you can change so, the manner so phrasal, of the We action. use phrasal verbs. Mm-hmm. Yes, phrasal so verbs. So kind of how we use phrasal verbs, Precisely. which mm-hmm. are the biggest mistakes in English. Well, Non-native English speakers in general, yeah. or with phrasal verbs. So with, so with carry, you could have, you know, to carry into, to carry out of, to carry up to, okay. to carry around, okay. even, yeah. to yeah. carry, yeah. carry across. Okay. In that <laughs> context, so it makes a little bit more sense. So, Okay. Um, so we're always going to end the podcast with kind of an interesting proverb or interesting saying or interesting idiom that you guys you know, have thought about or think is interesting from an, an English speaker. So yeah. if you want to give us the proverb and then we can translate it and talk about it. Well, I really like this one. It's, it's, uh, it goes like this. Yazik da Kiva dividyot. It, uh, it literally means your tongue will bring you as far as Kiev. There's that leading verb. Yeah, and oh. there's, hey, and there's yeah. a verb of motion. A yep. verb of motion is involved. The verbs of motion are very common in uh, So wait, say, what was the translation again? At your tongue or one's tongue, tongue will lead. lead one as far as Kiev. Okay. Uh, the word tongue, yazik, in Russian also means language. So it can be viewed probably from two different perspectives, this particular saying, uh, but uh, it literally means that. It could be compared to the oh. English expression, all roads lead to Rome. 
So the meaning is keep asking your way, yeah. uh, and and I'm not sure people what all roads lead to Rome. <laughs> yeah, well, the, really, huh. this is like you you ask people on the street. So where is this? And then you know you walk a little ways and you ask somebody else. So where is this? And you keep asking and asking and asking, and eventually, eventually you'll get yeah, there. You'll get there. So it doesn't matter how you get there; you'll get there eventually. <laughs> Just keep asking. The the uh, roads lead to Rome because it's a big place, so you just need to find the right road, the main road, and it will lead you there. And it comes back from the 10th century when the Kiev was the capital of Rus. And if you were to undertake a journey, it would have been a very, very long and difficult journey. It would not be very easily done, and you would not know the way because you would not have a GPS, you wouldn't have... Uh, necessarily any kind of maps. So you'd have to rely on your tongue, literally, to get there. That's the expression. Okay. So, and yeah. Dudley, did you want to share another one? Well, there's, um, it's not exactly a proverb, but they have a saying, uh, which is to hang noodles on the ears. And if you do this to somebody, that means you're, you, you're making a fool of them. Just imagine how yeah. ridiculous you'd look. If I hang head. noodles on your ears? Yeah, I'd look yeah, pretty you're ridiculous. Yeah. Them. You're not telling the truth. <laughs> I see. Yes. Oh, that's a nice visual, though. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll just start using it in English. Dudley, Katya, thank you for joining us for this episode of Language Matters. To our listeners, continue this conversation by tweeting us at DiplomaticLS or find us on Facebook by searching for Diplomatic Language Services. 